0: I only eat green lettuce and refuse to eat red lettuce or spicy lettuce or kale. It doesn't taste good. I don't understand what everybody is doing. I feel like it's a conspiracy. It's not. About we're all me. we're all tricking you. I think that everyone is trying to trick themselves into liking it. I think that's what's happening with kale. Anything,
1: something gets labors, labeled as a superfood, right? And people are like. Well, I have to incorporate this into my diet. Like people that like, care about, I don't know, macronutrients and stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about nutrients really? <laughs>
0: Welcome back to our podcast, How Real Is That Science?, where we attempt to confirm or refute the legitimacy of science within pop culture.
1: I'm Nicole. And I'm Natalie. We're STEM graduate students interested in science communication. But we don't claim to be experts on the topics we are going to discuss. We have, however, done our research, and that's the important part, folks. Always do your research. So we're back... We did it. Season two, am I right? <laughs> we're
0: basically making this up as we go along. So I feel like season two is appropriate. It's a new year. It's a new season. It's a new podcast. It's not a new podcast. <laughs> Wait, we're not we're not changing
1: this to how real is that musical?
0: I wish. No, I think we should do season two, The Reckoning. The
1: Reckoning. Yeah.
0: You know, when like B-movies have sequels, they always have the colon and then like the really bad made-up name.
1: But we, we're not making up the science.
0: No, I mean, of course not. <laughs> and the topic that we're going to discuss today has a lot of misinformation surrounding it. And that would be... Juice cleanses and diets. It's the new year, so lots of people, including myself, make resolutions or goals to be healthier. Mm-hmm. Some make resolutions to exercise or lose weight.
1: And there's a whole industry based around diet culture and how to lose weight the fastest. Not all of it is healthy.
0: Yeah, you should definitely talk to your physician before you start any diet and discuss what's going to be healthiest for you.
1: Yes, it's a very specific topic Mm -hmm. to you. So we're going to talk about the principles of these concepts from a very biochemical perspective.
0: Right, so the first thing we want to talk about, unfortunately... is basic metabolism which is basic biochemistry that biochemists who don't do metabolism don't understand
1: it's like a it's like a for stem majors or people that are going to be pre-med it's like this bane of their existence class and for us not being interested in the medical side it's the metabolism half of the class that's just like get me out of here (laughs) it's so bad So we're going to make it simple.
0: (laughs) We're going to bring it so that everyone can understand. It's going to be fun. Yeah, obviously.
1: Yeah. Metabolism is the process in your body that converts nutrients to energy so that you can do what you need to do to exist every day.
0: Right. So you get nutrients from your food and then it goes through your digestive system, which is your mouth, your esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, and anus.
1: It also includes your liver, pancreas, and gallbladder.
0: The whole system works together to break down nutrients into small molecules that the cells in your body can then absorb and use as energy.
1: The energy from the nutrients is used to make new parts of all the cells in your body, like DNA or proteins, and help cells to grow and repair themselves.
0: Carbohydrates break down into sugars, like glucose. Fats break down into fatty acids, and proteins break down into amino acids.
1: Proteins. Yes,
0: proteins, which in our everyday language yours and mine, Mm -hmm. have two
1: separate definitions. Yes.
0: One is the protein that we eat, like chicken or pork
1: or beef. And the other is biochemical protein, which builds up every cell. They can transport other parts of the cell and build up a ton of different structures.
0: Right. And they're made up of what's known as amino acids, which are important for your body to function properly. There are 22 amino acids, nine of which you can't actually make yourself, So you have to ingest them and these are important.
1: Your body doesn't store proteins like it does other nutrients. So you actually have to get it from your diet.
0: These amino acids actually build up all of the proteins within your cells. So you have to break down your protein to get amino acids to build up different proteins. And each protein's specific function in the cell is extremely important. When a protein goes haywire, you can get all sorts of diseases.
1: So what you eat is actually important because they drive your metabolism and energy production. You eat nutrients, which drives your metabolism, so you can work and eat. It's a cycle.
0: Which leads us right into the next section,
1: diet. There are tons of diets you can follow.
0: Oh yeah, you just Google like popular diets and you get thousands of results.
1: Most of them limit some kind of food type and up another kind in order to lose weight and be healthier, quote unquote. And today we're going to
0: discuss a couple of the more famous diets, which range from potentially harmful if you're doing them incorrectly to more healthy.
1: You should talk to your doctor first before trying any diet because you don't know how a diet is going to affect you based on your medication or your lifestyle, any of your specific health needs. Exactly. And I want to start with the juice cleanses. Juice cleanse? Juice cleanse is really any diet in which you ingest only the juice from vegetables and fruits to lose weight and, quote unquote, detoxify the body. Which let me just interject here with one of my scientific pet peeves.
0: Detoxifying
1: the body. Your
0: liver detoxifies you. (laughs) That is the whole point of your liver. It filters out the bad stuff in your blood that you just absorbed from your digestive system. Mm -hmm. It's its basic job. It takes the chemicals detoxifies them and sends your blood out with the correct nutrients that is the point of your liver you don't need to detox you don't need to detoxify yourself
1: no we have, we evolved to do this right and it, it drives me nuts too that the industry has just spread this because you should be eating fruits and vegetables but it's going to be more nutritious to eat the whole fruit or vegetable right. because you're going to get additional things like fiber that are lost in the juicing process. Also, there's not a lot of research to suggest that these types of cleanses are helpful in the long run to lose weight or improve your health.
0: Right. Because this is not to say that eating fruits and vegetables can't be healthy. (laughs) They can be. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But juice cleanses can also offer other benefits like extra vitamins and minerals if you're not used to eating fruits and vegetables because fruits and vegetables are high in these other nutrients.
1: There's almost no scientific proof of the potential benefits, but there have been studies and doctors have identified several risks of juice cleanses.
0: Juice cleanses can be harmful to those with kidney disorders, and there's a potential, when you drink unpasteurized juices, for getting illnesses in those with weakened immune systems.
1: They're low in calories, which can lead to weight loss, but this change is not long-lasting and can even lead to low blood sugar and dehydration.
0: So basically, you can quickly lose weight, which if that's your goal, you've fulfilled your goal. But it's probably not going to stay off because it's difficult to maintain. And it's not really the healthiest way
1: to lose weight. But definitely add more fruits and veggies because
0: <laughs> they taste good. They do taste good. And so does juice. I mean, I love juice. Even without <laughs> you do love juice. I drink so much juice.
1: You do love juice.
0: And anybody who's adding more juices and adding more fruits and vegetables is going to kind of feel, I guess, lighter and have more energy, which is good, just in moderation, which is my motto.
1: It's mm, a good one. The next diet we want to discuss is intermittent fasting.
0: Right. So intermittent fasting is when you cycle through periods of eating and fasting. So instead of restricting what you eat, it's restricting when you eat. Can I say, I get
1: a ton of TikTok ads for some intermittent fasting app. I don't Yeah,
0: know. I get it from Instagram.
1: Oh, yeah, I it mm, it's full of it.
0: Yeah, which intermittent fasting is definitely one of the ones where you have to be careful.
1: Yes. So, there's a couple of ways to do this, and they all involve restricting your food intake for several hours and not restricting other hours of the day. And it's often used in weight loss because you do
0: eat fewer calories as long as you're not overeating in your eating periods, which is exactly what I feel like I would do if I was doing this diet.
1: Yeah. I understand that. I mean, cause it's, it's based on an idea of like periods of deprivation.
0: Right. Which is how you're losing the <laughs> calories as long as you're not overeating.
1: Right. And one of the downsides of this diet is that it can be difficult for people to actually do the fasting.
0: Right. Cause sometimes they can be longer periods than they're used to. Mm-hmm. It can lead to an increase in your metabolic rate or the amount of calories that you actually expend while at rest. And while you're participating in the diet, it can lead to more weight loss.
1: Studies done with animal model systems also suggest that intermittent fasting may potentially protect against cancer and Alzheimer's, but the actual mechanisms of this aren't fully figured out yet. And it's not
0: for everybody. Some people should definitely avoid fasting, such as pregnant and breastfeeding people, teenagers, children, and those who are nutrient deficient.
1: Ultimately, it can be effective for weight loss, but it is not more effective than other diets.
0: Some scientific evidence exists suggesting that combining a healthy diet and lifestyle with circadian rhythm fasting, which is eating earlier in the day and then fasting later in the day, can lead to weight loss, especially for those who are at risk of diabetes.
1: The healthy diet and lifestyle is important, though, so it can be effective for losing weight, but fasting can be difficult for some people, and you should definitely consult your doctor before you try this one out. All right, so next let's talk about keto diets. The ketogenic diet is a diet that focuses on high-fat and low-carb foods. Basically, you restrict your carbohydrate intake and replace it with fat.
0: This puts your metabolism in a state called ketosis, which uses your body fat for energy instead of carbs, which can lead to weight loss. It can also lead to reduced levels of blood sugar and insulin.
1: Ketosis can also lead to dry mouth and increased thirst, frequent urination, and decreased appetite.
0: One benefit of the keto diet is that you don't actually really have to count calories because the high-fat diet is filling, so it can reduce your caloric
1: intake. Studies have shown that keto diets can also lead to specifically loss in excess fat, as opposed to losing quote-unquote water weight, which is when fluid is retained in your tissues and can come from eating salts and carbohydrates. There are some negative effects of
0: the keto diet, though, including nutrient deficiencies and kidney stones.
1: It can also worsen their disease for people who have kidney diseases.
0: On the less serious side, keto diet can be pretty difficult to follow. I mean... I personally love carbs, um, so I don't know how I would Mm -hmm. deal with that. And people tend to eat poor quality fats from processed foods as opposed to better fats and Mm -hmm. then also eat fewer
1: fruits and vegetables. This diet can be good, though, for people who have diabetes or are overweight, but it's not good for people who want to add a lot of muscle. Ketosis involves breaking down
0: amino acids more than with the citric acid cycle, so building muscle is harder.
1: The citric acid cycle is the process by which your cells break down the molecule acetyl-CoA for energy. Acetyl-CoA is a product of the carbohydrates, fats, and proteins that you eat.
0: So there aren't really a lot of TV shows or movies that focus solely on diets or losing weight. It's a lot of infomercials. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. I wasn't going to um, talk about infomercials, though.
1: I'm just putting it out
0: there. Because I want to talk about The Biggest Loser, which I have never seen.
1: I have seen a few episodes. I don't really have strong opinions.
0: It's currently unavailable to watch. Previous episodes, (laughs) unless you want to spend money. However, the newest season will be available on the USA Network January 28th, 2021.
1: It originally ran for 17 seasons on NBC. The trainers include Jillian Michaels, Bob Harper, Dolvet Quince, and Jennifer Winderstorm.
0: It's a competition type show in which contestants compete to lose the most weight relative to their original weight and become the quote unquote biggest loser.
1: While contestants do lose weight, uh, the show has been criticized for being dangerous.
0: Right. In one season, two contestants collapsed during a one-mile run. In another, one contestant was treated for exhaustion.
1: The type of weight loss that the contestants go through on the show is not normal and can be up to 10 pounds a week.
0: Right. According to the Northwestern University Comprehensive Center on Obesity, a safe rate of weight loss is going to be about 1 to 2 pounds a week.
1: There are also risks to losing weight rapidly. It can lead to gallstones, mineral deficiencies, loss of muscle tissue, and reduced bone density, according to Virginia Tech Professor of Human Nutrients, Foods, and Exercise, Janet Rankin. And at least two
0: contestants on The Biggest Loser experienced stress fractures.
1: One contestant even spoke out about eating disorders she developed after the show.
0: Long-term, extreme weight loss is also less likely to work. Several contestants on the show gained back most or all of their weight after the show ended.
1: This is because of what's known as your resting metabolism, or how many calories you can burn when you're at rest. Even though contestants might be heavy, they have normal metabolisms for their size.
0: This means that they burn the normal amount of calories for a person of that weight.
1: As they push to lose weight, their metabolism slows down, so they're not burning the same amount of calories for their weight as other people do. Which makes it more difficult to stay at a lower weight and keep the weight off. And this doesn't just apply to the Biggest Loser contestants, this applies to almost everyone who tries to lose weight. Your metabolism may be slower once you stop the diet. Right, so research into this has actually
0: led to different ways of thinking about how to treat obesity as a chronic disease.
1: On the other end of the spectrum, you also looked at a documentary that kind of makes you think about the food that we all eat.
0: Yeah, so this is Food Inc. from 2008.
1: It's a documentary that looks at America's food system.
0: Yeah, it was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature Film, but it lost to The Cove, which is also a devastating (laughs) documentary. Food Inc. is free to watch, so you rewatched this, yeah? Yeah, so I haven't seen this since high school. And in high school, it scared me so bad that I stopped eating meat for like a year. Yikes. Yeah, so the documentary looks at the meat industry, the corn industry, and how the government is or is not regulating those industries.
1: It also tackles income inequality and why obesity is correlated with low income.
0: For me, this was the most interesting and devastating part of the documentary. It follows one family as they detail how expensive it is to buy vegetables and the choices that they often make between medicine and healthy food.
1: Yeah, because of food deserts, which is this idea that there's fewer places to buy food in lower income areas as well as the prevalence of fast food in those areas and everywhere, it's often way cheaper to buy a fast food hamburger than fresh, unprocessed food. Which leads to the obesity
0: crisis. But the documentary also talked about the conditions for chicken and beef farmers, which
1: was also sad. What I found interesting is how much corn byproduct is in almost all processed foods.
0: Yeah, it's really crazy and a little upsetting, so I recommend looking at all ingredients lists of things you buy
1: it's... Yeah. i mean and i know people that have like developed allergies and not known what to and ended up being corn and trying to like find foods that don't have corn byproducts and it's is... really hard yeah. to find foods without corn byproducts yeah the documentary also looks at the unintended side effect of all of this processing e coli
0: so i work with e coli almost yep. every day <laughs> and it can be extremely useful for science mmm but it's really not great when it's in our food. They talk to a woman whose son died from E. coli in a tainted hamburger, and the lengths that she goes through to try and protect other children is heartbreaking. It's just so sad to see how hard it is to go up against the industry. It really shouldn't be this hard for her.
1: Right. Now, this documentary is from 2008, so hopefully there are changes in the system that we're experiencing now.
0: Right. It's like The Biggest Loser, which... Went through a couple changes apparently with its new season where they're focusing a little bit more on health as opposed to just extreme weight loss, Mm -hmm. which is good. We'd like to see it. And like I said earlier, just be mindful of what you're eating is kind of the message of this film. I will say, though, that while watching the documentary, I wanted more sources on the screen for the different statistics that they showed and the years that the statistics came from, because that's something you can manipulate easily.
1: That's something to think about for any documentary you see or article that you read. Think about the messaging and sources, because they can be used to manipulate you.
0: Right. So basically, the big picture from all of these diets and documentaries is eat a balanced diet and focus on health, not weight loss.
1: And obviously talk to your doctor before trying anything drastic in terms of changes to your diet. And it's important to think about your overall health. Including mental. Definitely including mental. What you
0: eat can affect your mental health as well. Absolutely.
1: Well,
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode. We're always ready and willing to talk more about healthy food choices. We love to hear your (laughs) thoughts on today's episode. So find us on our social media.
1: Okay. We're on Twitter at HowRealSciPod. Instagram at Real underscore SciPod. And our website, anchor.fm backslash science.
0: You can find us wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts.
1: Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll be back in a few weeks talking about imposters, dot, 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 among us. Ah,
0: so scary. (laughs) (laughs) Find out next time with How Real Is That Science.
1: fruits. Get
0: out of your uh, 17th century ways, Natalie. <laughs> I'm going to throw
1: tomatoes at you at your defense. <laughs> Good. You're going to be like, them.
0: excuse me while I catch these in my mouth. They'll be like, oh my God, you're bruising the tomatoes. <laughs> Gotta catch them.